what I really want folks to know from this episode is the fact that this is a resource, Let's.Church, that I want you to think about two different ways. One, start using it. Start searching for things. When you make this your go-to to search when you want to go and research something to see a, you're going to get a wide variety of views sheerly because of the number of channels that are represented there. Welcome to The Rap Report with your host, Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretation and application. This is a ministry of striving for eternity and the Christian podcast community. For more content or to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Welcome to another edition of The Rap Report. I'm your host, Andrew Rappaport, here to discuss all things of, well, we usually talk about hermeneutics, how to interpret the Bible, theology. Today, we're going to go totally off script. We've done this a couple times before, and we're going to talk technology. Don't worry, folks. It will have a way of working into Christianity because it is, well, a Christian software developer who wrote software for Christian ministries. And we're going to be talking about it because as we go through this, you are going to see the value, especially those of you who listen to these episodes regularly and go, some time ago, Andrew had this great point. And it's very, very hard to find that one time that I had a great point, but you remembered it and want to go find that. And we are going to give you the power to do that today with none other than Ken Powers. Ken, welcome to The Rap Report. Thank you for having me. You got some superpowers, right? Because that's your last name. Yeah, that's generally (laughs) the idea. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, for the record, I'm not going to give out your phone number, but I wish I could just so that everybody could call your phone to get your voicemail because your voicemail is epic. The first time I heard your voicemail, you got some guy with the superhero type voice of Ken Powers. (laughs) So the story there is in the early days of Fiverr, I did pay a voice actor to record my voicemail and he did a very good job. Oh, it's epic. You can't ever get rid of that with a last name like Powers, This your superpowers. <laughs> it's great. But we're going to talk about a different power that you have. And for folks to know, you and I first met at the Open Air Theology Conference that was held last year. It's coming up again soon in February. We'll talk about that in a moment so that we can encourage people to join that. You don't want to miss it. I'm just saying it was one of the better, more epic conferences that I've been to as far as good theology not just in the preaching, but also in all of the side discussion. During the breaks after the conference, we had great, but you and I met there. And the history of this is you had walked up to me and you said, I was listening to James White and he said, wouldn't it be nice if there was some way to sort all of the back issues or episodes of the dividing line so that you could find things? And he realized that would be a really, really difficult task. And it's something I thought of myself saying, how do I go back to previous episodes to find what I have out there? And you came up and said, oh, I did that. (laughs) I've been working on it for a little while. And while I was working on the project, I was listening to back episodes of The Divine Line. And he says, 
man, could you imagine the Divine Line archives of fully searchable transcripts? And I was literally like looking at code that would do that same thing. My wife, Laura, she says, you know, he's coming to a conference near here uh, in a few months. Why don't you go show him? And so went there. That's where I met you. I actually demoed to James White using your phone, if you remember. That's right. <laughs> um, my, yeah, my, my phone would not get reception. You flagged down James White for me. You said, hey, James, this, hey, this guy has uh, something cool to show you. You had shown it to me and I was like, this is amazing. And so when he got there, I like pulled him over. You're right. We have to use my phone. Okay. I love this. I asked you for a little bit of a bio on you and I completely get this. Other people in the audience are not going to, because I've always said that I, my first language is not English. It was basic Pascal, C, C++, Java, JavaScript. <laughs> and some people are going, what? Well, I love that the very first thing on your profile, your resume is, you know, languages, proficient in JavaScript, TypeScript, HTML5. <laughs> Familiar with Rust, C Sharp, .NET, .NET framework. <laughs> I was expecting to see like English, French, Spanish. <laughs> That's the uh, resume of an engineer, right? That's right. De developers are a little bit of a different breed and we have a little bit of a different sense of humor. <laughs> so let's talk about Let's Church. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're not driving, if you're sitting at your computer desk, do this for right now. We're going to have this on Striving for Eternity. It's one of the things on our task to do. I don't think our webmaster's done it yet, but if you go to let's.church, let's, L-E-T-S dot church, that gets you to the Let's Church website. From there, you can click on channels and you are going to see a plethora of channels that you can search. This is the power that Ken Powers has given us of this tool. You can find the Rap Report, Andrew Rapport's Rap Report, Rap Report Daily, Apologetics Live. You can go through all of our Striving Fraternity videos, but there's more. Alpha and Omega Ministries. There's uh, Apologia Utah. There's AD Robles. Bethlehem Bible Church. Dead Man Walking Podcast is on there. Revealed Apologetics is on there. You have WWUTT. Most recent edition is Fighting for the Faith. Fighting for the Faith. So Fight for Truth. I mean, there's a number of them, and it's a growing list because last time I actually went in here, there were a number of them that weren't here. What is on there from when we understand the text? And so you have all of these. And so the neat thing is what you can do with this is you could get a transcript, a searchable transcript of even videos, of the video and the audio, so that you could put something in. So uh, let me give the example. Ken, I told you about this. When you set this up for us, I am preparing a debate with Dr. Michael Brown on the issue of miracles and spiritual gifts. I quickly went into each of the channels, Apologetics Live, Andrew Rapport's Rap Report in the Daily, and our videos at Striving for Eternity. I went through them and just put in miracles or gifts and I was able to pull up all the places that maybe on Apologetics Live, we had someone that just came in and asked a question and we answered it. And I'm able to give him not just the link to the video, which you have on Let's Church, but you have also the transcript that he could read 
and he can look. So all of that's available, folks, that you could do on all the stuff that we're producing here at Striving Fraternity. CARM is up there now. Folks here familiar with CARM, Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, my friend Matt Slick, put Ken in touch with him. I got some other people that I told Ken we're going to be put you in touch with because I think this is such a valuable resource because not only can you go just to Apologetics Live and search there. So if you were to go to let's.church under channels, you can go to Apologetics Live and what you could do is you could actually decide if you so choose to search something by typing it in the search bar And when you do, only those episodes of Apologetics Live will come up that have things. So, for example, I just went in into Apologetics Live and I typed gifts and four videos pop up. Have spiritual gifts ceased? Can charismatic gifts and Benny Hinn be defended? Andrew and Matt Slick uh, and Matt disagree on charismatic gifts and a Asian Hebrew Israelite. That was a long episode, long time ago. That was a fun one. And then continue uh, cessationism versus continuationism. Those are the four episodes that we covered specifically gifts. But if you were to hit it a second time, now you have, oh, I didn't notice you have no compromised radios on there. You have everywhere. Now you have 90 different medias and 3,816 transcripts that deal with gifts. And clearly, our friends there up at No Compromise Radio, Mike Abendroth, has done a lot on it because I see Spiritual Gifts 101. And he's got a 101 that's part one, part two, part three, (laughs) part four. My go-to search demo is if you type in grape juice, and actually Mike Abendroth uh, comes up as the first result there. Grape juice. Save the best (laughs) grape juice for last. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and so you could go to let's.church and or let's church.com it'll go there oh too. okay and you could just go to the search bar front that gives you a search of everything so i'm going to give you guys a pro tip here if you're looking for you want everything but just realize everything gives you a ton and it's constantly growing because like can you have pulled in from my rss feeds for the podcast and you're pulling that in so that we're able to get that constantly updated so it's, it's an ever-growing list. And the thing here, though, is a pro tip is if you are specific, you want to go to a specific, say, podcast, you heard it on the rap report, you go to the channels, then Andrew Rapport's rap report, from there, you will be able to search just that podcast. But the thing I'm letting you know, type in what you want, it automatically pulls up the search list. If you hit the return button a second time, or actually the first time, you're going to get everything. So if you're looking for just a specific one, go into the channel, type what your your keyword, and you can get it pulled up that way. If you want everything that Let's Church has, just go to the main page, hit search, and go for it. And then while you're on that main search, there actually are filters. So you can like hit that channels filter right there and filter down to just specific channels you're interested in. You can filter down by the date something was published. So if you remember vaguely when it was. So like there are 150 results for grape juice, actually. Really? Of all the content that's been uploaded. Yeah, yeah. Grape juice is a popular topic. Interesting. 
<laughs> but so like I see 150 results for grape juice, right? But then if I go to channels and I'm like, oh, I want fighting for the faith. So I check that. There's only one result now. So in all of 10, 15 years, however long Chris Rosebro has been doing his thing, he's only mentioned grape juice one time. And uh, the result is here, have a cracker and some grape juice to remember that. Okay, so once we start type, once we do the search on grape juice, we could then choose under advanced is the search phrases you can choose different channels right next to advanced if you uh, if you press channels okay so this is really neat so i can actually choose to search just if i wanted to search apologetics live striving for eternity videos andrew rapport's rap report and andrew rapport's daily rap report i can search all of those in one search so i, I just learned something new here folks so there i can i talk about grape juice eight times huh I didn't know I even spoke about it. <laughs> Maybe one time. Well, make that nine times now, because this episode will be up there. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of interesting. I talked about grape juice when discussing creation with Paul Taylor. <laughs> so now here's the thing. Let folks know there's a difference with this between media and transcripts. What's that difference? So uh, when you're searching media, all that's going to be searching is titles and descriptions versus the transcript results are, I built it as its own function. So it's like if you're trying to really narrow in on transcript and one big difference there is that like word order won't matter uh, by default when you're searching media, but word order will matter in the transcripts, but it'll compensate for like missing words and stuff like that. I'm working on some various schemes to make search simpler and maybe even combine media and transcript search into one interface so you don't need to switch between the two. But that's the basic difference is titles and descriptions versus what was actually said in the actual video. And so we're going to end up, at least at strivingforturning.org, we're going to have this where you're going to be able to search everything, be able to go through and find not just what's on the website, but now all of the podcasts that we do at Striving Fraternity, the videos that we've uploaded. And so that's going to all be available to you. So the thing, Ken, I wanted you to come in because I want others to not only know this is available. I mean, we could stick it on our website and people will go, oh, that, that's kind of neat. But I want folks to know this is available so that A, they will start using it and B, start finding other ministries, churches that could use this resource. And then C, I'm going to talk about this a bit later on as well, but you have a donate button. And I want to, I want to, because you have a very different model and I want to give time for us to explain it. So we're going to hold off on that. I know we're not very Christian. We're holding off on asking for money till we, after we talk about the important stuff. Okay. Yeah. But I do want you guys as listeners to see the value of this tool. If you've already gone if you followed my instructions earlier and you were already at the let's.church webpage, you already are playing with it and see the value of this because you've probably put in some other things and we're going to have a whole lot more that we're going to see here growing because I have a feeling that Ken and I are going to do some work together with maybe the Christian podcast community. And I'm going to be reaching out to see if we can pull everybody in to that from there. I think it's going to really with over 50 podcasts on the community, in the community that really does kind of blow it up. So that would add quite a bit more content to this, but it is a really helpful tool. Ken, I've been using it. Like I said, when people ask me when I talked about things, I can't remember. I had to go find something that somebody I was teaching at a Christian school just recently 
one of the students decided he really wanted to start listening to my podcast. In the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned a guy that came into the show a long time ago that was teaching sinless perfectionism. And this guy wanted to hear that episode as if like I know exactly which one that was someone that comes in randomly on Apologetics Live. I thought it was going to take me a really long time to, to figure out where that was. And I told him, I said, look, it's going to take me a while. And I was in the airport on my way home and went, no, it's not. I went to Let's.Church. I typed in sinless perfectionism in the, just, I went to channels, Apologetics Live, typed sinless perfectionism, and it came up in about 30 seconds it took me. And I was able to send a text to that boy's father to say, this is the episode he was looking for. And uh, and here's the timestamp where it was said. Exactly. So yeah, if he wants to watch, that's true. If the media is there, in that case it was, he can quickly just grab that, look at the media and know exactly what spot to go to. So in a show like Apologetics Live, Matt Slick Live, which is under CARM. So when Matt started the Matt Slick Live, when I was on the board of directors at CARM, we ended up having the issue that we did this podcast and we needed somebody to type in what are the questions that he got asked. We realized we need to at least put that in the show notes. But I was at back at that time. I said, look, we need to keep a list of these and say, OK, here's the question. Here's the episode. Here's the timestamp. And so that was like, I mean, years ago, five, six years ago, that maybe more that we were trying to do that. And now it's like, oh, OK, we do it for the show notes. But now just just search here. <laughs> That's really the motivation is like speaking for myself, I'll be listening to something like doing the dishes or something and it'll plant a seed of an idea. I'm like, hey, when was that said? I'll be talking to my wife a few days later. When was that said? And now I'm actually able to find it for the 645 days of content that is currently on the platform. Well, you think about it this way. Like if I was just to take all of the content you have there, it's only two years of (laughs) it would take me to get through everything. But when I'm preparing for this debate with Michael Brown, what am I going to plan to do? Well, like I just did, I'm going to search spiritual gifts, miracles, different words that I think will pop up, prophecy, and I'm going to be able to listen to content that's going to be specific to what I want, but I will note specifically where it's discussed. And if I prefer reading, I can do that. So let's, I wanted to start before we say, hey, why did you create this? I want people to understand what it does and the power of this because I really think that this is a very valuable tool for people to use. I want you now, if you could, explain your motivation for doing it a bit. What got you doing this? What's your background other than computers, which which we share in common, but what brought this about? Really just wanting a solution to this issue. Like, hey, when did I hear that? Who said that? I want to go back and hear it again. And so I started working on this really before I had like a theology nailed down for like the business model and stuff, which we'll talk about later. But that's really all it is, is it's just like being able to make this stuff accessible. So we were talking with James White at the conference, right? He told me we have 2000 episodes of The Dividing Line and they are completely inaccessible because there's no index. And here we are probably about it's nine months or so later. And it not only is all the divine line index, but so are 28 other channels. It's amazing to see what you've done with it. This is where God gives people different skills, your skills with computer programming. And for others, they were like, when I'm mentioning all those programming languages, you are probably laughing because you're like, you started with basic. 
And you probably don't even know what Pascal is because they don't probably teach that anymore. I am well-versed with basic and Pascal. I'm not that young. <laughs> For the nerds in the audience, I use NeoVim, which is a new take on a 30-year-old text editor. Wow. Okay. For the nerds out there, I learned C. That's a programming language. But I taught myself C by going through the source code of the corn shell and VI. VI is a visual editor that is really not visual, but at the time it was considered visual. And so that's how I learned C. And nobody uses Pascal. It's taught in schools. I actually fought at my university to get C taught as a programming language. I was like the thorn in the side of my teachers because I was arguing that we should teach C and not Pascal. And they didn't want to do that. And their argument was that they don't teach computer languages at the school. They teach concepts. And I said, okay. So I would do all my assignments in C because that's what I was going to get a job with when I graduated, knowing programs in Pascal. That's still very typical of computer science programs today. You're there to learn the science behind computer science and less so like the skills that will get you a job. Now, that said, there's obviously use cases for the science, AI, being able to make these large language models and all that. Depending on the program you're in, you are very much in theory land rather than practical application land. I mean, I don't want to learn a language I'm not going to be able to use if I want to get the theory, but use it in the language that actually will get me a job. And I still remember we had a, a class, a statistics class, and I had written the program in C and because we were told any language. So I write this program. We had three programs to do. I wrote the first one in C and the professor said there were three of us that did this. She could tell our programs were different, but she couldn't read C. So she had to give us an A, assuming that it, it was correct and worked. And so next assignment, she says, you can't use C. So what all three of us came up with the idea of doing is we wrote it in C and we pre-compiled it down to assembler code. <laughs> we handed in assembly <laughs> and she then said, okay, you can't use C and you can't use assembly. So it's a statistics class. We all knew Fortran and we wrote it in Fortran. <laughs> and she goes, next year, I'm just going to have to say it has to be in Pascal because that's the only language that she knew. <laughs> These days, you can take your code and say, hey, ChatGPT, can you make this Pascal, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a detour. Let's talk AI because this will be interesting for a lot of folks, for people like you and I. I mean, I have been writing AI since the late 80s. So artificial intelligence is what AI stands for. Someone could let our vice president know because she had the brilliant statement. I don't know if you heard her talk about AI. Uh, you'll have to refresh my memory. She goes, AI contains two letters, A and I. I get like, okay, yeah. Your, your speechwriter could have at least said it stands for artificial intelligence. <laughs> Maybe she went off script. <laughs> but... Artificial intelligence is basically trying to get a computer not to think. That, that's the thing everyone thinks that it is. Human beings have an ability to reason. It's something immaterial, and it's given to us by God. You're not going to get a computer to think. It's not going to have an ability to reason because it's not created in the image of God. So when we look at this, what is it? Well, it's masking what human thinking is and reason because what it's trying to do is take what programmers like Ken will type in to a computer and tell it how to process data. 
But a lot of people can have fear with AI. And you and I haven't talked about this. You have a fear that AI is going to destroy the world. It's going to take over all our nuclear systems and create thermonuclear war. Oh, wait, that's a movie from the 80s, War Games. I have a computer over there. I can hit it with a two by four. It's not it's, it's not dangerous. So where do you see AI going? ChatGPT is when people th- think of the most, this open AI system. It is being used by a lot of folks, but there's a lot of others who are doing AI now. Not all of them having the restrictions that ChatGPT does. And folks, when I say restrictions, there's a nonprofit part of the for-profit business, just so people understand. And the nonprofit part was people don't have money invested in it. They're not going to make money off it. They don't have stock. They're trying to keep it safe. We could dispute whether they are keeping it safe because... Here's a simple thing. I haven't done this in a while. I did this about almost a year ago. But if you type into ChatGPT, give me eight reasons to vote for Donald Trump. It will tell you it can't get political. But if you type, give me eight reasons to vote for Joe Biden, it happily provides them. So AI is only as good as the developers and will have whatever biases the developers have. So just keep that in mind when we talk about it. But what do you see as the future for AI? And is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Are you even using it? I use it all the time. I always tell people AI, heavy emphasis on the A. It's artificial. It's a stack of numbers. It's a stack of linear algebra that imitates what you might expect a human to do, but it's not reasoning per se. If we're talking about ChatGPT and these large language models, it's predicting It's a mathematical model for, hey, what word comes next in the sentence? Run that again and again and again. And then, you know, it'll spit out a really nice looking transcript or something. But it's not like reasoning to get there. And even things that look like reasoning, it's not reasoning in the way that like you and I reason with one another. You end up with these personifying words, right, that like give it personality, even though it has none. It's making decisions between different functions that it can perform, right? But it's not actually making a decision. It's like, oh, the statistics say 80% go for that function. So I'm going to do that function, right? Which is not at all how actual intelligence operates. Yeah, for example, Elon Musk, who actually was early involved in OpenAI, but wanted more, he's more concerned and wants more protections on it. He's got his own AI that they're now working. Difference with his is that it'll actually go through all of Twitter to get more updated information. And so the thing, though, with his is his quirky humor was programmed in. So you get some of that in there. You're going to get maybe a little bit more foul language or weird responses. So that's a matter of programming. So I don't think people need to be so super afraid of AI. This idea of like AI being an autonomous agent that's going to be like a virus that goes to the internet and take over our nuclear systems. Like, sure, somebody could probably make it a model that can take over a nuclear system, but it's not like autonomously going to get there. The way something like that would happen is in warfare concepts that we already have to defend against anyway. AI is just another tool in that arsenal now. Yeah. And so as we look at it, folks, don't be afraid of it. I just think through all of the breaks in technology that we've had, and there are always the end of the world type folks that think like this is going to be it. I mean, when smartphones came out, people thought by now everyone was going to be dead by radiation, let alone (laughs) the fact that the phones would take over our lives. I think in some ways we've depended on it, but it's not the way that so many people said it would. Cars, sewing machines, 
trucks, the list goes on. And uh, every decade, there's a new existential crisis of, uh, well, this is it now. We need we need universal basic income. And that's the thing that we have to realize that there's always going to be folks who they're looking for things that they assume, oh, this is it. This is the end. This is horrible. And yet we end up using it as a tool. And that's how I think we, we should, just like we use Let's Church as a tool. It's something that helps us to be able to search things. Oh, I just noticed you have conversations that matter. Our friend John Harris is there. And I should mention, to give a plug, the reason that we decided to do this episode, why I reached out to you to do an episode was because you were on with Greg Moore from Dead Man Walking Podcast. And we met, I don't know if that was the first time you met him, but I met Greg along with Keith Falsky, who is Conversations with a Calvinist, at that same open-air theology conference. He had you on, and I was like, you know what? I'm using your, why don't we plug it more and let others know that this is available like Greg did? So that's a shout-out to to Greg there at Dead Man Walking Podcast for having you on. Brilliant idea that he had, and uh, I'm glad he did. So let's talk about your business model. Well, so before the business model, I actually did have one more AI thought. So there are concerns out there like, oh, I don't want to use these AI models because uh, I'm just training them and I'm like training my replacement or something like that. There has been a lot of progress made in the last year to make these things easy to run on your own hardware, on your own computer, on your own phone. And uh, without having to reach out to any cloud services, without having to send training data off anywhere. And it's still very developer centric right now, but the time is coming when you will be able to download a simple model and run it completely locally without any internet connection whatsoever. And you won't need to upload any data to, you don't need to contribute to the training of these things. Yeah. I mean, they are only as good as the training, but people should be, as a warning, don't rely on ChatGPT for its answers. It lies to you often. <laughs> it's only as good as the data. Well, so they call it hallucinating. I asked it early on, who is Andrew Rappaport? And it had a totally different university I went to. And it doesn't know the difference between me, Andrew, Rappa, Andrew R. Rappaport, and Andrew S. Rappaport, the venture capitalist. I don't have his kind of money. Though, funny true story, Dennis Kaminich, who is running for Democrat for president during the primaries, he didn't know the difference either. And he actually contacted me or someone in his staff to, he wanted to take me to dinner. Now, here's the funny thing. He contacted me at my Lucent.com address. I worked for Lucent when Bell Laboratories got outsourced, you know, got spun off to Lucent. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, you don't realize this is not like the venture capitalist company name, right? I have, so, of course, my response to the email was, uh, I decided I'm voting for Bush this year. <laughs> you know, well, and that word you used also, it doesn't know the difference, right? That's that personifying language I'm talking about. Like it, the, the idea that these models have so-called like knowledge even is it's really it's not what they are it's like i said it's a stack of numbers it's projecting words so like what it knows per se like so to speak is uh what word should come next in the sentence and sometimes it's a good word and sometimes it's a bad word so let's talk about how your business model is because this is sound different and i know that i'll let you explain the book that this is based off of i know of the book I know he has been on several of our other Christian podcast community podcasts. I haven't had him on myself because I haven't had time to read the book, though you are going to make that available where I can listen to it. So <laughs> so I want you to <clears throat> explain your model, but also mention the Durian principle, what it is, how others could find out about this. 
Early on working on this, I got connected with uh, Conley Owens, author of The Dorian Principle. And he basically provided a theology for something that I had been thinking about in my head for a long time. Like, hey, why are churches charging other churches to play their songs? (laughs) Why do we have all these restrictions on English translations of the Bible. You can't take more than 500 verses. You can't share more than however many consecutive verses, and it can't be more than half a book. And you can't, you can't, you can't. And going like, isn't this the word of God, right? Like what's going on here? Shouldn't this be free to share? If I want to print out the letter of first John and give it to someone in an evangelistic effort, you can't do that with most modern translations of the Bible. And it's a misconception like, oh, I'll just use a King James. A King James is also subject to a perpetual copyright from the crown. They restrict you to 500 verses and all the rest as well. The English Standard Version, ESV, very popular. They actually take it to an even greater degree. You cannot quote the ESV in any work that is available to the public with a Creative Commons license. So... Meaning like if I write a paper or if I write a sermon and I want that sermon to be available to the public, basically for free, unencumbered, that I want people to share my sermon, I cannot use the ESV. I cannot quote the ESV translation in my sermon because their license specifically restricts that. So the Dorian principle is taking a look at like, hey, what does scripture actually say about how we should do ministry finance? and and all that kind of stuff and like the the basic concept if i could boil it down to a few words is ministry should be supported not paid for and so i'm considering this a ministry it should be supported not paid for so everything is available 100 for free with no ads you don't need to sign up you can sign up you can donate but that's what it is donations welcome but you absolutely are under no obligation yeah, and, I mean, this is how when we used to do our conferences, we did our conferences. It's a sad thing because if people don't pay, they're less likely to show up, which is really sad because we'd be paying for really good speakers to come in and speak. And people would kind of decide, oh, the weather's not so nice. So I decided not to, to go. Like, really? OK. And so I get the fact that people say, oh, but you should you should charge for it. And But when we do the conferences, we didn't want money to be an issue. Our conferences were free. People just attended And we would do a love offering. People can put whatever they want. And we would lose money each year, but we were giving great resources to the hundreds of people that would show up, right? That's the kind of the idea. I mean, folks, you you listen to this podcast. You didn't have to pay for the podcast. We don't put it behind a paywall. And there's many of the listeners who decide to go to strivingtrain.org and support us because of that. Great. We're, We're thankful for that. It helps us to keep doing things like this. But we put the content out and we do this on the way we chose to do content, right? Similar principle. We put it on YouTube. We don't charge for that. You can take our Striving Fraternity Academy classes for free where other ministries pay for it. The fact that people have that mindset, though, can is people start to think, oh, this isn't a value. Or they think, you have a couple different ways people think. Some think if it's free, it's not valuable. Okay, so that's one thing I want you to address. The other thing is you have people that just say, oh, it's free, I could take advantage of it. I mean, I I remember when you have publishers that publish a book. So when we put our books out, they're out there. I've had people contact me, contact the ministry saying that my book, what do they believe, what do we believe, should be free on Amazon. Well, sorry, Amazon doesn't actually work that way. (laughs) Like if I made it free, then it's free for everybody. And I'm just paying to put my book out there. I'm sure I could get a lot of the number of copies in print that way. <laughs> but the reality is, is that there are, the, when you do a book, especially with a, a publisher, they put the price on it. 
and it's whatever they decide. You don't have that right anymore. But I'd have people that contact me like, you're a Christian, you should do this for free. Which I always go like, okay, do you do you go to work and not expect a paycheck? I'm just asking, like, because there are people that think like a pastor shouldn't get paid a salary. Which the laborer is deserving of his wages, right? Like that's scriptural. What the Dorian principle is saying is, how should that salary come about? Is it reciprocity as like you are paying for this or are you paying out of co-labor and appreciation for something? So anyone who's interested in a deep dive on that, the Dorian principle, that's the name of the book. Uh, the audiobook is on Let's Church. Conley will happily send you a print copy of the book and the audiobook is free. The print book is free. And it's a distilled version of a thesis he did in seminary. There's also copy.church. So I own let's.church. Uh, there's another website, copy.church. It has like a list of comment objections and it, it like outlines everything in a more friendly visual way. So like you brought up that objection earlier, people don't value free products. Well, they have an answer to that. We want more people to be able to, uh, to get it. So we need funding in order to spread the word. Uh, they have answers to all that and everything is tied back to scripture. Like how would Jesus have us run our industry's finances, essentially? And who owns the copy.church? There are a few people of various notoriety in this movement. His name isn't coming to me right now. And I, there are names coming to me. I don't want to uh, misattribute. That is interesting because they do have a pricing page. <laughs> so they do have some. But I think, though, for folks, what I really want folks to know from this episode is the fact that this is a resource, Let's.Church, that I want you to think about in two different ways. One, start using it. Start searching for things. When you make this your go-to to search, when you want to go and research something to see, a, you're going to get a wide variety of views, surely because of the number of channels that are represented there. A second thing is if you know of other ministries, maybe your church, maybe you can reach out to Ken at Let's Church and say, hey, here's someone that maybe you could add. And Here's their RSS feed to the podcast. There are certain things that he's got to look into, whether, you know, depending where those files are, whether he could download them or if, whether you have to upload them. But you can contact him. And Ken, why don't you let folks know how they could best reach out to you? I mean, I know there's the contact at let's.church, but I don't know if you have a, a better way or just that way. Basically, just that way, you can also do Ken at Let's.Church. That's going to be the uh, primary way to uh, to reach me is those two email addresses. So Ken at Let's.Church is the way to get a hold of Ken so that you could maybe add your church, your ministry to this growing list. So with that, anything else, Ken, you want to talk about with, with Let's.Church? I could just say uh, what's on the horizon. You mentioned uh, John Harris, so working behind the scenes. Uh, it's less behind the scenes now because a public announcement has been made. But yeah. uh, <laughs> he's, he's been mentioning it on his podcast, so yeah, it's yeah. not so behind the scenes anymore. But um, there is a church search functionality coming to Let's Church, so that'll also be a free service. And so imagine like being able to search for a church and their transcripts and sermons and everything and have like an all-in-one hub for like anything that your church uh, needs for their like public facing technology. And all of this is only the beginning. I want to provide free websites in the future and have that all tied into the media library as well. I was telling you earlier, pushing out to YouTube, Twitter, and all the other platforms. So this can be like a one-stop place where you can upload files and have them all go out. But yeah, this is only the beginning, uh, Lord willing, and it's going to be a great time. The more support you get, you could then hire other people to not just be doing this on your part-time <laughs> or maybe doing this you full-time. 
that's actually probably worth mentioning right now. I'm not taking a salary from Let's Church. Not now anyway. I'm not committing to that in the same way where uh, like on the about page, it says uh, Let's Church as a company will never run ads on principle. I'm not saying that I won't ever take a salary on principle. I'm saying I'm not taking a salary. So anything that you don't, <laughs> anything that you donate right now goes uh, entirely to technology costs because it is not free to transcribe uh, over 600 days of content. That's the thing I was going to say is there's going to come a time where there's just too much work to be done and you're going to need to be working more full time at this to get everything done or, or hire other people. And that's can only be done if. Yeah, Lord willing, this is a full time someday with support of others. So folks, if you want to support, could just go to let's.church and there's a donate button or page that you can click on the link up there. So now would probably be a good time that we should mention if we haven't bored people with technology ideas and our nerdiness to mention that if you are a little bit bored, maybe you could go to get yourself a nice pillow at mypillow.com. Maybe for Christmas, you have some Christmas gifts. You don't know what to get for that specific person that's hard to find. Well, you can get them, as I have done, a set of towels, or they have robes, they have a lot of different ideas that you can give to someone that basically everyone always needs. I mean, people always need like nice, good towels because it replaces the ones that, well, they probably are not so nice or really, really old. And it doesn't say that they smell funny and you, no, no. But you can get a lot of different gift ideas. Just go to mypillow.com and use the promo code SFE, stands for Striving Fraternity, so that they know that we sent you and that way they keep supporting us and we get to keep that relationship. We appreciate them supporting us to do the show. It's one of the ways that we're able to do it. And so not just through donations of others, but we take that too, by the way, if you want to go strivingfraternity.org slash support, you can support us directly if you so choose. Folks, if you find value in what we provide here, this is a value for value type of thing. If we provide value, you could buy a pillow and not only get a better night's sleep, but support us at the same time. You could go directly to our website. You could support us there. We would appreciate either one. So mypillow.com, the promo code is SFE for striving for eternity. Let's talk about Calvinism, Ken. So you and I met at the Open Air Theology Conference, and it's coming up again in February in Tennessee, and this topic this year is why Calvinism? You're planning on going, though you're a little bit further now. You decided to leave a friendly state to go to a communist state, and now you have a longer ride or flight, probably, to get there, but you're still planning to attend the Open Air Theology Conference, correct? Yes. Lord willing, I will be there this year. It was an hour and a half drive before. Now it is a two-some-odd-hour <laughs> flight. And a hop and a skip and all the rest. I'm looking forward to this. Folks, I'll tell you why I like the Open Air Theology Conference. What Jeffrey Rice has done with this is to make it a few more days. So yeah, you may have to take extra time off of work to attend the full conference, but he's added in a lot of fellowship time. It's like one hour speaker, one hour break. And there's so much, the thing I find, Ken, that people like about conferences is not so much the speakers, though that's what brings everyone in. When people talk about conferences, it's usually the fellowship. 
And yet a lot of conferences don't make time for fellowship. A lot of the conferences, what they do is they bring in a bunch of speakers and they go back to back to back to back. And if you want to have fellowship time, you got to skip someone. And what ends up happening, and I know because I've been to enough conferences, both as an attendee and as a speaker, can people make a decision of, oh, that Andrew Rapport guy, well, he's probably pretty boring. I'm going to skip him and I'll skip him so we could fellowship, right? <laughs> and, and people do that. They choose which speaker they want to listen to. And this conference is, doesn't put you in that position because there's so much fellowship time. The conference ends around like five or six at night. And every night afterwards, we're going to dinner in large groups, having great theological discussions, great fellowship and so the way that Jeffrey Rice laid it out really is helpful. I am looking forward to the, this year. Both Jeffrey and I are the first two speakers. And so it's I, I, it's like, get this talk out of the way. And now I can enjoy where last year I was like, you know, it was, I think it was me and then the Q&A and then James's debate, you know, <laughs> something like that. So it was like, I was more the, on the end of the wrap up where I got to, you know, like, okay, now I can relax more. <laughs> but the topic is Calvinism. Big, big issue. A lot of people have issues with it. And so I have said this for this is a conference for people even that don't agree with Calvinism because they're going to hear a lot of different topics. Uh, my topic is going to be Calvinism and history. Go, looking through where do we get the idea of what we call Calvinism? But there's going to be the Calvinism of Luther. People know that Luther and Calvin agreed on a lot of things, but they had some disagreements. How does Calvinism fit with the love of God? People think those are mutually exclusive. And I will say this, I'm sure that just like last year, Ken, you were in attendance, but the Q&A, were, were there fireworks? <laughs> the Q&A, no, no. <laughs> Q you want to be there for, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> there were more fireworks in the debate than the Q&A. And even then, the debate was uh, not fireworky. I think it was very friendly and cordial. Yeah, it was cordial. No, I think the thing was that there was in the Q&A, people would have to go watch that. But the only topic that everybody up there agreed on, which I was surprised with all the things that was discussed, the only one where there was unanimous agreement was the meaning of the word teleos in 1 Corinthians 13.10. Teleos meaning complete, mature, it's translated as perfect. Everybody up there agreed that it was a canon. And when we said that, there in the back was James White vigorously shaking his head no, <laughs> disagreeing with all of us. <laughs> it's like the one time we were all in agreement and there's James White <laughs> disagreeing. But this is the thing, like, as you mentioned, Ken, there's no green room here. You got to walk right up to, to James, to myself. There's no separate room we were hanging out just where everyone else was hanging out, having lunch where everyone else was having lunch. So that's kind of a neat thing with this conference. It was a very great time, very encouraging time for sure. So if you want, let me plug it, is go to openairtheology.com, openairtheology.com. You can go there and on that page, you will see basically the front of it is going to be the, about the conference. So you're from there, you can go down, see some of the topics, but there are tickets available and you're able to click the purchase now ticket. They'll bring you over to Eventbrite and you can order the tickets. I don't know how exactly it works. I know that the, it says the tickets range from free to 150. <laughs> So, so I don't know how that ends up working, but you can go and see some information about the conference there. So it's, again, openairtheology.com and find out more about the conference there. 
So I hope to see you there, Ken. I appreciate you coming on and just being able to have this dialogue about Let's.Church, what it is. So let me just give some plugs again to websites in case some of you were driving. This is where you stop so that you can write these things down. But if you want the Open Air Theology Conference, is just openairtheology.com. We've been talking about Let's Church, and you just go to let's.church to go check that out. Ken, any other things you want to share with us? No, I think we uh, more or less covered it. Good. Well, folks, if you have a church or ministry to that you think would benefit by having searchable transcripts, maybe there's a podcast, maybe there's videos, whatever it may be, if there's a way of can sucking that in, like if it has an RSS feed, it could even be blog articles. You can suck those things in, although you may not want those all in two places, just saying for SEO value, that would hurt, but you don't want it. But there's different things you might be able to do with Let's Church. I encourage you to check it out. And when the church search option pops up, you may want to see about getting added to that. We'll see what the rules are and how you get added, but go to let's.church to find out all the information. And with that, that's a wrap. This podcast is part of the Striving for Eternity Ministries. For more content or to request a speaker or seminar to your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Quick programming note, this is the last episode of the year, so look forward to us returning in January. I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.